That's not how words work. Hello and welcome to Chaotic Creations, a podcast where we take weird prompts and make weird Dungeons & Dragons characters. I'm Harper, your lawful nerdy paladin. And I'm Darby, your chaotic tired bard. And welcome to our 23rd episode. And Darby, it feels like February has just flown by. It has, hasn't it? The end of February is approaching quickly, but you still have time, dear listeners, to use our discount code with Die Hard Dice for the month of February. Yes, if you use the code CHAOSFEB, you can get 10% off of your order. And if you'd like to support us directly at dieharddice.com, you can look at the Nightingale RPG dice set. It's a really beautiful set of dice, and if you purchase one, it helps support this podcast. In other news, Harper and I recently guested on another podcast, Girl Meets Nerd. Yes, Megan and Tristan were such gracious hosts, and we love talking about character creation and tabletop and all of our favorite nerdy things. And at the very end, we did a popcorn-style chaotic creations where Megan and Tristan gave us several different prompts, and we came up with stuff on the fly. And so if you want to hear some good chaotic creations, chaotic creating, go ahead and go listen to Girl Meets Nerd. And lastly, this week is the premiere of Hidden Magics, the first ever Dungeons & Dragons actual play done by the Chaotic Creations team. Yes, we've gathered quite a few of our nerdy TTRPG friends from around the corners of the internet and who are gathered to play in this game with Harper as our lovely DM. So if that interests you, you can tune in on Fridays at 6 p.m. this Friday, the first Friday that we're doing this, and that is at twitch.tv slash chaoticpod. But before that, we have an episode to get to. Yes, we do. And Darby, this week is my turn to prompt you. Uh, yes, I am looking forward to what you have to throw at me. It's going to be an interesting one. Let's jump into today's episode. So Darby, today I have a rather interesting prompt for you. I wonder how you'll take it. Okay. You know how we always make fourth level characters on this show so that we can take a feat? Uh-huh. And we usually say that till the end. Today mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you what feat you're taking, and I want you to build the character around the feat. Okay. And the feat that I would like you to take is I would like you to take the sharpshooter feat. All right, so we're going in feet first. <laughs> That's correct. Mm-hmm. I'm immediately drawn to Ranger. Of course. Because I feel like I've already made too many artificers. <laughs> and I don't want to make another artificer with gun. That's fair. What other classes could benefit from ranged weapons? Pretty much all of them. Yes, pretty much all of them. I feel like we haven't made that many rangers on the show. I think we've made one ranger on this show. Pandora's the only one I can think of. And I like rangers. Like, out of all the martial classes, like, ranger's probably my favorite. It's because they've got that inherent magical splash to them? Yes. Okay, well then let's make a ranger who's going to have sharpshooter. So with sharpshooter, you're going to get attacking at long range, doesn't impose disadvantage on your attack rolls. Your ranged weapon attacks ignore half cover and three quarters cover. And before you make an attack with a ranged weapon that you're proficient with, you can choose to take a minus five penalty to the attack roll in exchange for a plus 10 to the damage roll. Cool. Guacamole. So with that in mind, is there a ranger subclass that speaks to you? 
I love ranger subclasses. I'm gonna be honest. Ugh. There are many flavorful options here, and you know that we love flavor more than anything. Mm-hmm. Flavor. Harper, how intrigued are you by Unearthed Arcana? Uh, you know that I am very intrigued by Unearthed Arcana. Okay, because there was one I really, truly loved that I played in a one-shot called Drake Warden. And the idea of, like, long distance not imposing disadvantage, I really oh, like yes. the idea of Drake Warden. Because so Drake Warden, at max level, your Drake companion, which is essentially like a... A dragon. A drake, yeah, small. Is it small bean? Will turn into, like, a full-size drake that you could ride. Mm-hmm. So the idea of just being on the back of a dragon and firing from long distance while up in the air is an extremely appealing uh, concept to me. That is pretty awesome, and I quite like it. In that case, I'm kind of leaning because I see that the class doesn't automatically give you mounted combatant. No. <laughs> I'm kind of leaning toward maybe we become a human so we can get a feat at level one. Granted, he starts out as a as a small bean, and it's not until the 15th level that your drake grows to a large size. Wow, so he goes small to large just like that? Yep, he goes from like puppy to big boy. <laughs> Overnight. Wow, okay. Pretty much. Like your bond essentially becomes uh, so strong with your... Uh, extra dimensional drake being that just becomes big and you can ride so i guess then us taking mountain combatant doesn't really pan out necessarily until higher levels which is fine because it opens up the race pool again for us mm-hmm. cogs are turning i love the drake warden because also uh part of the drake warden is that essentially whenever you summon your much like when you summon a familiar um you can choose a new form for your drake but you're choosing a different color so you're changing up what kind of damage your Drake companion can do. And as a Drake Warden, I've always thought about it as like your Drake kind of spits on your arrows, essentially, as you <laughs> shoot them. That's pretty cool. It'll deal extra damage based off of what your Drake companion's color is. And so if you shoot an arrow, it can spit like an extra 1d6 essence of damage with an infused strike as a reaction. Very nice. And so I'm seeing that the options here are acid, cold, fire, lightning, and poison. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I like it. It also has a bite attack that does that kind of damage as well. Mm-hmm. So not only can your Drake companion bite people, as a reaction, can spit on things for you and infuse its essence with your strikes. One of the problems that I've always had with the ranger class, especially with the Beastmaster, is that the beasts don't get their own initiative count. I like here that the drake shares your initiative count, but takes its turn after you. So it gets its own turn, mm-hmm. which is excellent. Yes, it's very, very nice. And also, who doesn't love having an extra dimensional dragon? You do only get it for a few hours a day. Mm-hmm. But it's the same dragon that you can summon every time. Mm-hmm. Which is nice, though. I kind of like that it's not necessarily there all the time. Yeah, it's not your companion. And also, if it hits zero hit points, you can summon the dragon again. <laughs> like a familiar, if it hits zero, you can resummon them and they don't just die. Yes, that's one of the things that's always bothered me about animal companions versus familiars is if your animal companion dies, it dies. Mm-hmm. 
Granted, it's not fun when a familiar dies, but at least you can resummon it, which yeah. I have honestly personally forgotten about before, to terrible emotional effects. So. <laughs> I'm also, as a ranger, and using Tasha's new rules, I'm going to change some of the ranger features, because personally, I don't particularly like the power of racism. Yeah, no, not so great. So we're going to click favored foe instead. So the difference between favored foe and favored enemy, which is the usual class feature, is what? Favored enemy lets you pick, I think, usually one or two types of creatures like celestials, beasts, apparitions, those sort of types of monsters. You gain advantage on knowing things about them, tracking them, that sort of thing. You learn a language associated with them and a lot of other features kind of associated with it, but it's very specifically only towards those kinds of creatures. It's very limited. You gain more as you level up, but the part that really bothers me is that one of the favorite enemies you can choose are orcs and humanoids, <laughs> which means you can essentially just hunt down other sentient creatures who live and breathe and have lives and societies just like you. That is correct. I don't like it, so I would rather take Favorite Foe, which, as opposed to having a specific enemy that you are hunting and curating a taste for hunting, it's just when you hit a creature with an attack roll, you can call in your mystical bond with nature to mark the target as your favorite enemy for one minute. Whenever you hit it, you can increase the damage that you deal to it by 1d4. You can use it to mark an enemy a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus. You can regain them when you long rest, and that damage increases as you level up from a d4 to a d6 at 6th level and a d8 at 14. So the only thing that I dislike about Favored Foe is that you can't stack it with the other bread and butter of the ranger class, which is Hunter's Mark. Because they're both concentration, you have to pick either or. Mm -hmm. So as soon as you get access to Hunter's Mark, Favored Foe becomes not as good. Yeah, but at a certain point, Hunter's Mark gets outclassed by Favored Foe in terms of damage, if that's what you're looking for, because it stops being a 1d6 extra damage and goes to a 1d8 at 14. The other bonus of Favored Foe is that it does not cost you a spell slot. Nope, and as a ranger, you have very few spell slots. I do like Hunter's Mark, though, because it has a utility beyond just uh, marking someone for damage, because uh, you can track someone and know where they are if they're in your area. So I personally would still take Hunter's Mark and Favored Foe, but Here's a fun thing about being a Drake Warden. Your Drake's infused strikes don't count against this damage, so you can do your normal strike, have this favored enemy strike, and your Drake's infused strike, and just deal all that damage. I mean, I'm all in for this. What race are you thinking of our character playing? Hmm. And now we can go with rules from Tasha's with variant backgrounds and variant racial features, but the most important skills for a ranger, I would argue, are dexterity and wisdom. Mm -hmm. Wisdom is your spellcasting bonus, and if we're going with sharpshooter, we're being a ranged weapon ranger. I kind of like the idea of a kenku. Interesting. Say more. Because I thought like, oh, wouldn't it be cute if you pick a race that could fly next to the drake? That'd be cute. And I'm like, well, wouldn't it be kind of interesting to have a race that can't fly with a great companion, but is one that like theoretically used to be able to fly, mm -hmm. right? And then just at higher levels, finally, the Drake is big enough to carry its beloved companion around, being able to give your Kenku friend the ability to fly the one that's been lost to them from generations before to a curse that they had no part in. 
I appreciate it. Yes, so this Kenku's life goal is to be able to fly. But rather than go through, like, learning magical spells to give themselves that ability or pledging themselves to a god or a patron that would eventually give them wings, they're like, no, I'm gonna become buddies with a spiritual dragon. It's actually interesting you bring up just some of the things that you mentioned because there's a table for Drake Warden's origin. Like, how did you come to be friends with this dragon that exists beyond your plane of existence? Which includes, like, you studied, like, a dragon claw scale and absorbed its magic. An order of rangers taught you their ways. But one of them that sticks out to me, you drank a few drops of dragon blood, forever infusing your nature magic with draconic power. How interesting. So almost like a nice little... Venn diagram of ranger, warlock, and blood hunter. Yeah. It's like maybe this Kenku was trying to find a way to fly herself, mm-hmm. right? And you know, people who like, there's all those charlatans who like scam you for money, like, oh, if you drink this like super expensive potion and you rub it on your body four times a day under the full moon or some stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know, you'll be able to fly. I'd like to imagine that this ranger pushed herself to the limit, hunting all these creatures, gathering things to sell that she then spent to buy things that she thought might help her fly. Mm-hmm. Gathered all these trinkets and tokens and things, but managed to actually get her hands on a few drops of dragon blood, drank it, and then woke up with a Drake companion next to her. I like it. Okay, I'm in. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay, then next thing, Darby, I think is you need to roll some stats. I do. So for our listeners who might not remember or those who are new to the podcast, the way that we roll stats here on Chaotic Creations for making Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition characters, we roll four d6s. If you roll any ones, you can re-roll them. You take the three highest numbers and add them together. That is one stat. And you can do that six times for your stat array. Okay, ready for these stats? Yes, I am. I've got an 11, a 16, a 12, a 15, a 14, and a 13. That is not bad. You did a, you went 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16? Really? Oh my god. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I did <laughs> a straight ascension order. That's awesome. Okay. That gives us a lot to work with. Uh-huh. And incidentally, a Kenku has bonuses to dexterity and wisdom naturally, so... All right, so we're going to go with that, and we're not going to do the variant rules then. Yes. All right, so your dexterity is going to go up by two and your wisdom by one. What scores do you think you're going to put in those stats? Oh, 16 in dexterity, please. All right, so you're going to get an 18 for your dexterity score. And how wise do you think that this Kenku is? You know, I was going to say... Practically, I would put a 15 in wisdom, but the kind of person who drinks stuff after having bought them from a shady seller, maybe not the wisest person on the block. So I'm thinking putting the 13 into the wisdom. Okay, very nice. I like it. So at least it'll round out to an even number, but you mm-hmm. know, it could have been higher. <laughs> you get a 14 in wisdom. Mm-hmm. I-, I like that, especially because the abilities that are tied to their drake wardenness aren't tied to their wisdom score it's mm-hmm. an entirely separate thing yep it's tied to your proficiency bonus which will just level up with you so mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about that so much but it will impact some of their other ranger spells yes that's also a nice thing about the drake warden and 
it being a special companion is that the companion levels up with you as opposed mm-hmm. to like I have a pet wolf. The wolf doesn't level with you. Mm-hmm. The wolf will just die. <laughs> yep. What are you looking at for your next scores? Where are you going to put that 15? That's a good question. I think constitution, honestly. Interesting. Okay. Story-wise, we've created this Kenku who buys and eats and drinks things of questionable origin and substance. At least one thing. At least one thing. But I'm imagining she probably drank a lot more potions of a dubious nature. Mm-hmm. And that's probably after she had been jamming random things into her mouth and or body, trying to naturally do it before paying other people to find solutions for her. You know, you said dubious nature. I'm legitimately thinking of Zelda Breath of the Wild, dubious food. Yes. I think she's a terrible cook. She probably tried to make some of these things herself. Yeah. Yeah. Probably, like, follow the dragonborn around with, like, a mm-hmm. little vial just going, blood, blood, blood. And they're like, what the <laughs> Well, I wonder then if maybe their constitution, her constitutional score should be a little bit lower because she's constantly eating all of these things. I guess that's the question. Has she become hardier from eating these things or has it weakened her? I'm inclined to think that it, it's weakened her because she has this Drake companion that will level and become stronger. I like the idea that she is like more waifish and frail. That's true. Also, kinkus don't live that long. They do not. They die at around the age of 60. Oh my god. I just pictured this very sad scene that like she finally hits that level prequisite to have, you know, her Drake companion be a high enough level. You ever see Aragon, the movie? Uh, no, but I've read the book. It's a terrible movie. <laughs> Just throwing it out there. But there's this very sad scene where Brom, uh, Aragon's like teacher, who he's discovered is he used to be a dragon rider, doesn't have his dragon anymore. Mm-hmm. There's a scene in the movie where Brom is dying, and so to let him like pass in peace, Brom is like flying on the back of the dragon, and it's like he's with his dragon again for a moment before he dies. Aww. I'm imagining a scene like that for a Kenku. That's really sad, especially because that happens at 15th level. So theoretically, there's five more levels to go for this Kenku before she reaches max. But depending on how long it takes her, she might not live to see 20th level. Oh, that's depressing. Yeah. It also depends on how old we're making this Kenku. Uh, And I'm not feeling like making a child, so. (laughs) That's fair enough. Okay. Let's... I'm going to put, con- I'm going to be nice. I'm going to put constitution at, well, it's not really nice. Put it at 12. Okay. You know what? That's, it has the opportunity to round up later. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that leaves our 15, 11, and 14. Yes. What's this Kenku worst at? Strength. Tracks. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to make the intelligence the lower score. Mm-hmm. Not by a lot. And it's a 14. And put the 15 in charisma. I think it makes sense that she knows that there might be a way for her to actually gain the ability to fly. Mm-hmm. She just doesn't actually know how and doesn't have the wisdom to know maybe I shouldn't buy these things from these shady people. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't make these bad decisions in pursuit of this thing that might never happen for me. Yes. But she's like, I know it can happen. Like, I've seen someone fly who doesn't have wings. She saw a wizard flying because they cast fly on themselves. Mm-hmm. Or a warlock, or a sorcerer, all of these classes that get you fly. Or maybe she saw an Aarakocra that looked like a Kenku. Oh, who has all black feathers. Yeah, and she's like, 
No, I saw Kenku fly. Like, it can work. I can fly too. I want to fly. Mm hmm. We're speaking of very sad characters here. Uh, my final stat spread then is an 11 in strength, an 18 in dexterity, 12 in constitution, 14 in intelligence, 14 in wisdom, and 15 in charisma. Honestly, pretty stacked. A pretty mentally geared Kenku rather than physically. Mm hmm. Very gifted in one physical aspect. Yes, which would make sense. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we've already got our feet decided, but let's think about the background of this Kenku. Where does Kenku come from that flight has become their obsession? It's mm -hmm. a good question. I'm wondering that maybe it has something to do with, especially because they, they are a bit more mentally inclined, so they probably have a bit more of an education. And they want flight like Kenku's once had. They probably have something that's geared more toward research and history. We have made a lot of scholars. <laughs> we have. And connect that with, like, the ties to dragons and drakes. Which, like, of course they exist in this universe, but they're not, you know, super common. I'm honestly thinking maybe something the lines of an archaeologist or a faction agent. Hmm. My thought for the second being that perhaps they're a member of, it could be one of the uh, factions that are in the Sword Coast where this comes from in Faerun, or we could make up our own faction that this Kenku owes loyalty towards, and maybe there's something to do with the dragon in that as well, the drake. Maybe that's where she obtained the blood. So I was like, you really want this? Like, here, I got you this dragon blood from one of the drakes. There's no promises. Please stop asking about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this will work, but maybe. I don't know. Do we think that this Kenku grew, like, worked in an area where they, there were drakes or something else? Well, I like the idea that with Faction Agent, it's like, maybe it's a mercenary guild. Or with the Ranger, maybe it's, like, a hunter's guild. And this person had a contract to hunt a dragon, and they brought back a bit of dragon blood. Because, like, mm. I've heard about something maybe to do with dragon's blood and, and the gift of flight here. You can try it. I'm not promising it'll work. I like that. Yeah. So it gives you proficiency and in insight. So it gives you proficiency and in insight, but then also any other intelligence, wisdom, or charisma skill as is appropriate to your faction. Hmm. Which can include history, animal handling. Mm -hmm. A lot of other really interesting things. So with a, if we're imagining a faction, a guild that's like a hunter's guild, I'm thinking almost akin to like, what's that, what's that guild in Critical Role? The Slayer's Take. Mmm. Mmm. That, okay, cogs are braining. Cogs are braining. That's not how words work. Cogs are turning. <laughs> Ease them. Then I probably think, hmm. I would think nature or animal handling maybe why don't i pick my proficiencies as a ranger first mm, good call yes uh because i realize we haven't chosen those we haven't so as a ranger you're gonna have to choose three proficiencies from animal handling athletics insight investigation nature perception stealth and survival yes i as a kinku i get two proficiencies as well which as a kinku i'm leaning towards and also as a sort of dexterity-based person. There's a lot of proficiencies that we're getting. That's true. A lot of little gubbins to get our little kinku claws all over. Uh, as a kinku, I gain proficiency in acrobatics, deception, stealth, or sleight of hand, and I pick two of them. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of leaning towards sleight of hand and 
Adele. I don't see this Kenku being a flashy person. Actually, no, no. Acrobatics makes sense. I'm going to swap out stealth for acrobatics. That makes sense to me. I was going to say. Someone who climbs on things trying to get higher up. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Who wants to fly. You'd think that, okay, well, next best thing to flight is falling with style. Uh-huh. And I think sleight of hand. I just, I like sleight of hand as a proficiency because I think there's a lot that you can do with sleight of hand. Mm-hmm. Underutilized skill. Yes. It's not just like stealing things from people or like picking a lock, but it's, it's like how dexterous you are with your hands. And mm-hmm. that can include card tricks and other such things. Absolutely. I think it's quite flavorful. So then for ranger, you're going to be picking three from animal handling, athletics, insight, investigation, nature, perception, stealth, and survival. You're going to get insight already from being a faction agent. Mm -hmm. Then let's do, I think animal handling makes sense for a ranger. Mm -hmm. Perception. Again, makes sense for a ranger, especially if you're Mm -hmm. in a hunter's guild. I think nature. Again, makes perfect sense. All of these are things that are really building on that ranger archetype of like being trained in how to survive in the wilds. Mm -hmm. Oh, while we're here, another optional feature I'm going to take is deft explorer and primal awareness. Mm -hmm. Because as a ranger, part of my issue, despite loving rangers, part of my issue with rangers is that they get pigeonholed very quickly into one thing. Mm-hmm. And it's very difficult to move out of those things. That's true. Normally, as a ranger, if you don't have the optional features, you would get the feature Natural Explorer, in which you become very well-versed with a specific terrain. That'd be Arctic, ocean, a lot of different stuff. But only that terrain. Yeah, which, you know, depending on your DM, that can be very fun, or it can be very useless. Yes. And, you know, there's no telling where your campaign can go. Sometimes you'll think, oh, this is going to be the, this is going to be a very hearty, we're on the road adventure. And then suddenly you're thrown into a political soiree. Like, <laughs> then what use is your ability? So mm-hmm. I like Deft Explorer because it just kind of gives you base abilities across the board of ranging and knowing terrain, which I think would make sense with someone who worked in a guild that perhaps mm-hmm. goes out on various different missions as opposed to staying in one area. So one of the things with Theft Explorer is that at first level, you are going to get expertise in one of your skills. Mm-hmm. However, let's pick your skills from your background first so we know your full array to choose from. Yes. So we know you're going to get insight. What's that last skill? You can pick any skill that is based in intelligence, wisdom, or charisma. I'm leaning towards survival. Because I'm thinking if this if this group of people, this little faction, are going to teach any of their little underlings one thing besides insight, it's going to be how to survive. Mm-hmm. Making sure that if they are going out on these missions, right, that they might not be able to get in contact with people, that they're going to make sure that they can live off the area. Makes sense to me, yeah. So in that case, you are going to get to pick expertise in one of the following skills. Sleight of hand acrobatics, animal handling, perception, nature, insight, or survival. I think acrobatic. It makes sense for the character, right? That we've made someone who likes to climb on things. Mm-hmm. And clamber up things. I especially like that because once this character hits sixth level with the Deft Explorer feet, they're going to get a climbing speed equal to their walking speed. <laughs> She's going to be gone 
Like, you're going to look around, and you're like, where is she? And then mm-hmm. you look up at a wall, and she's up there like, ah! Yep. Okay. So then... I get a lot of languages. <laughs> yeah, so you're going to get two languages of your choice as a faction agent. Which two do you think makes sense? I think there's one clear one that makes sense. I think as a Drake Warden, mm-hmm. I'm gifted Draconic. That's true. You are. Here's the thing, Harper. I also get two languages from being a ranger. So I've got four languages total. <laughs> yes, you do. And the pure irony is she can't speak any of them. Well, she can is the thing. Plus, you also get Orin in common from being a Kenku. So you are going to know seven languages and only be able to speak what you hear. Yeah. So this is actually probably going to be a very social Kenku who goes and has a lot of conversations with people because she's trying to get more phrases. Yeah. Okay. Let's pick Elvish because I think it's a pretty broad I'm just picking some pretty broad languages. Mm-hmm. Um, Minotaur, because I think that's funny. <laughs> All right. Let's do Orc. Okay. And one more. Undercommon. Makes sense. All right. So the languages that you're going to know are Common, Orin, Elf, Minotaur, Orc, Undercommon, and Draconic. I like that you have seven skill proficiencies and seven languages, because it's almost like you can tie each of those skills back to one of your languages, one of the sources that you learned it from. Like, you learned your acrobatics from the Kenku and and Orin. That's tied to your Orin language. You learned your insight from the elves. You learned your survival from the orcs. You learned perception from the Underdark. Things like that, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's cute. This character is really cute and also simultaneously very, very sad. I think we should give this character a name. And the fun thing about Kenkus is their name can be any sound. Spoon. Spoon. I like spoon. Okay. I'm looking at a pile of spoons in front of me and I've I've drawn inspiration from my dirty dishware. (laughs) Oh, what if their name is like... They go by a spoon, but their name is, like, the sound that happens when you're, like, you know, on a quiet morning when you're, like, stirring sugar or milk into your tea with a spoon and the sound that it makes against the teacup. Yeah. That, like, gentle, like, the not, like, not unpleasant, but, like, slightly grating noise of it just, like, hitting the teacup side. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, it just, it speaks to me of, like, a calm, quiet moment. I kind of picture this Kenku being much older than mm. that speaks to me of like an older kenku who in their older age is like yes yeah, screw it i've always wanted to fly and i don't care what it takes but i'm going to die trying to make this happen mm-hmm. right like i lived my life thinking climbing is just good enough this is the best i'll ever get in my life but i want more and that started her little journey to become you know a ranger mm-hmm. she had the spoons for it Well, I also love that, like, Kenkus, as part of their lore, like, the way that Kenku societies work is that they're in flocks, right? Mm -hmm. And the oldest, most experienced Kenku leaves the flock. I like that maybe this Kenku, like, left her flock behind, and then this Drake becomes part of her new flock. Oh my god, you know those, like, animals that, like, grow up around other animals? Like, like a dog that grows up around horses and then mm-hmm. it thinks it's a horse or like acts like a horse. Can you imagine like the Drake kind of trying to act like Spoon? Oh my God. I'm imagining this Drake is toothless now. Like I have to, right? Yeah. I've got a, I've got a couple of potential names. Cause I'm thinking, cause you were talking about Spoon, like, you know, stirring. And I'm thinking a teacup. 
Just teacup. That's the name of the drink. Oh, spoon and teacup. They're mm-hmm. meant to go together. Yeah. So cute. <laughs> Adorable. Oh my goodness. Okay. And obviously the, the fighting style is going to be, it's going to be archery. Like, <laughs> yes. So we have a couple more things to pick for the ranger background, including fighting style. So we're going with archer for fighting style. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're going to get a plus two bonus to attack rolls that are made with your ranged weapons. So mm-hmm. with sharpshooter, then you can have that plus two and a minus five and then get plus 10 on damage rolls. Like, did we accidentally build an optimized character? Because you know that we don't like to do that here. Yeah, slightly optimized. Like, I I think Drake Warden's funny. I think it's it's not the most bang for your buck if you're trying to, like, optimize a character that's a ranger. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it's 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 a it's a hefty bang, you know. Like mm-hmm. this is this is a this is a five dollar firecracker you bought from some guy, not just the dollar poppers in a box. <laughs> uh, the other thing that we're gonna get to pick is just a couple of ranger spells. The fun thing about being a Drake Warden is that we actually have a cantrip as a ranger, which is thaumaturgy. Yes, which I know is one of your favorite cantrips. I love just messing with people with thaumaturgy. <laughs> and Spoon is going to know three first level spells. So what spells do we want those to be? Obviously, we said we we're already taking Hunter's Mark. That has to be one of them. Mm-hmm. Also, something to keep in mind with Primal Awareness as opposed to Primeval Awareness. I get spells as a ranger. Mm-hmm. They're extra spells that you get. They don't count against the number of spells I know. So at fourth level... I will know the third level ranger spell given to me with primal awareness, which is speak with animals. Yes. So you're already going to have speak with animals and thaumaturgy. What other spells are we taking? Hunter's mark? How smart is this dragon? Too smart. I was going to say beast bond would be really funny. It would, but I think that that's more for when you're making a traditional animal companion and not so much when you're making a spiritual dragon companion. Mm -hmm. You know what would be funny? Jump. Jump is so perfect for this character. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> the jump distance is tripled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think the other one that I really like is Zephyr Strike. Mm-hmm. Because just giving yourself no opportunity attacks, so if you accidentally end up in melee range, you can get the hell out of dodge. And then you can also give yourself advantage on one weapon attack per turn. So you can use your sharpshooter feet and take minus five, but you get advantage and it deals extra damage. Mm-hmm. And then you get extra speed. Yep. It's so perfect. Yes. It doesn't work with the favored foe ability, but all the other gubbins that come along with Zephyr Strike is what makes it. That's why I like Hunter's Mark. And that's why I also like Zephyr Strike. It's because it's not just extra damage. It's all these other things besides the damage that makes it worth taking and quite flavorful for this character. Oh, absolutely. All right. So the three spells that we are taking for Ranger here are Hunter's Mark, Jump, and Zephyr Strike. If I can't fly, I'm going to go super fast and jump really far. Yep. Appropriate. Very appropriate. Okay. Darby, I think that Spoon the Kenku Drake Warden Ranger is complete. Yep. Our old gal is ready to fly. I'm picturing she's like 40. Like, <laughs> Oh yeah, easily two thirds of the way through her life if she's lucky. She's gonna croak at some point. Very sad. It'll be a moving moment for the party. Oh god, can you imagine if she levels up? They have an incredibly difficult fight 
you know, they level up, but she's mm-hmm. not going to survive much longer. But they level up just long enough for her Drake companion, her teacup, mm-hmm. to change from a teacup to a whole cauldron size and fly. Oh, but the su- the sad thing is that, like, that's how that they know that she's actually died, is that when you die, your Drake dies. <gasps> That's, oh, it's so sad. I'm so sorry that we did everyone this to everyone on a Wednesday morning. <laughs> Good morning. Have some tears. <laughs> That's all for this week. Be sure to join us next week for another Chaotic Creation. Chaotic Creations is created, produced, and hosted by Harper Hayes and Darby Pack. Editing is by Harper Hayes, and web design is by Darby Pack. Art is by Kiku Hughes, who you can find on Twitter, at Kiku Hughes, and the music is by Kevin McLeod. Transcriptions are by AJ Ray. Find him on Twitter, at Pusha underscore Kid. If you like what we do, please support us on Patreon.com slash ChaoticPod for awesome perks, including bonus content and exclusive access. We are proud partners of Critical Misses, an inclusive online TTRPG community streaming on Twitch. Our podcast and other fun shows every single day at twitch.tv slash critical misses. If you want to chat with us on social media, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at chaoticpod. You can also join our Discord server by going to our website, chaoticpod.com, or via our link tree in our Twitter bio. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. It helps new listeners to find us. And tell your favorite nerdy friend about us. It's the best way to help us grow. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>